0: Hello and welcome to the Global Slovakia podcast, where we explore Slovakia's past, present, and future. In this series, we look at the destinies of the brave Slovak men and women who dared or were forced to leave Slovakia in search of a better life abroad. Are you Slovak? Do you want to connect to your heritage? Follow us on Facebook or GlobalSlovakia.com.
1: Hello, I'm your host, David Grega. Welcome to Global Slovakia Podcast. Today, we're joined by Richard Morris to talk about his Slovak family connection and share with us the special story of his grandmother, one that would become an inspiration for the upcoming book, Slovak Settlers. Hello, Richard. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, David. It's my pleasure. Can you give us a little overview of this fascinating story centered around your grandmother?
2: Yes, I'd like to start out by talking about how this all came about. I connected with Global Slovakia about two years ago. Uh, I watched a seminar on Advent and Christmas traditions, but I had remembered a tradition from the Slovak community I grew up in. I was curious about, it was called Jasla So I emailed Gabriela, and she responded immediately and, and told me about this tradition from the mountainous north where shepherds came to houses around Christmas time. And that started some correspondence back and forth. And I told Gabriella about my grandmother, how she'd come to the US and she expressed interest in that. So I had been kind of playing around with writing down some of my family history, you know, the dates and times and places, but I wrote it in the form of a story where I talked about my grandmother as a person and who she was and what she lived through and her heritage and how she brought the traditions with her. And I sent that along with some photographs from about 100 years ago, from the early 1900s. And Gabriella responded that this was a wonderful story and that it gave her an idea to collect stories from immigrant families that would not only interest people to read them, but I remember this very well. She said it would be soothing and healing for people on both sides of the Atlantic. And that's the way I think it turned out is be healing for people that have lost connections. So I'm thrilled to have played that role in this. And I'm pleased to honor my grandmother with her being the story started this whole process.
1: Yes, thank you for sharing that. It's a real tribute to your grandmother. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your grandmother when she came over to the United States. That there was a lot going on. We had the Depression. Your grandmother had to work very hard. Can you tell us a little bit more about the adversity that she faced?
2: Yes, well, I think the beginning of her story is fascinating in and of itself. She's from the village of Krabani, which is Prad. And she came to America in 1914, just before World War I. And by happenstance, I guess, literally 11 days after she arrived at Ellis Island was when Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated in Sarajevo, which triggered the Great War and prevented future travel. She had planned to work for a while, earn some money, go back to her village. But because of the war, that wasn't immediately available. She didn't return to Slovakia until 1966, literally over 50 years since she had left and she hadn't seen her family in that whole time. That was just fascinating to me, the sequence of events.
1: Wonderful, wonderful.
2: She worked in New York for a while in a kitchen and eventually as a cook. She moved to the Cleveland, Ohio area where she married and had a family. She met my grandfather in... uh, in Lakewood, Ohio, actually. My grandfather is Slovak. He was born in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. His parents came from Eastern Slovakia. Another interesting story in itself, his mother and my great-grandmother came to the U.S. in 1887. She's from uh, the village of Jedana near Kosice. They met in Pennsylvania. And unfortunately, my great-grandfather died young, I actually saw a copy of his death certificate. He died from carcinoma or cancer, no doubt having to do with the environment of working in those factories and mills in Pennsylvania. Yes, yes. So they eventually moved to Lakewood. My grandfather served in the U.S. Army in World War One, France, and he returned in 1919, which is where he met and married my grandmother. They had two children, my mother and my Uncle Bill, and they grew up during a difficult time. The Great Depression came up. There were hard times. I remember hearing stories of him having to walk several miles to the factory he worked in through the snow in those Cleveland winters. He eventually had a stroke and couldn't work any longer. So my grandmother, Maria, had to work outside the home. She watched children. She cleaned houses. She worked in a factory that made sewing machines. She kept up the family home. She had a wonderful garden in the backyard. She raised the children. She was active in the church, socialized a lot. I grew up with them. Grandparents and uncle lived downstairs. My parents and brother and I lived upstairs. And I was fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time with them listening to stories and just watching and seeing who they were and what they did. One thing I remember about my grandmother is how industrious she was and how she was able to fix everything. That just stands out in my mind. Plumbing, electricity, toaster, she could fix just about anything. And I think that was part of her Slovak heritage, just people that took care of things. And she was like that. It's interesting to me. To go back and look at kind of a dual life almost that they led, the Slovak immigrants assimilated into American culture pretty easily, but they also kept up their Slovak traditions and connections. They have a lot of old photographs, 1910s, 1920s, and most of them are the still photos. The man is wearing a suit, the woman is wearing a very conservative dress, and they're not smiling very much. I also have some photos from the early 1920s, the roaring 20s in the United States. And the photos show casual dress. The women had short hair, which was popular then. And my grandmother and her friends were wearing, I think, what were called bloomers back in those days. (laughs) I don't think bloomers or pants were something that you'd see being worn in Slovakia at that time. So they assimilated. They learned English. They adapted to the clothes, to the education system, but they kept up the traditions. Of course, we always talk about food. I think you're not Slovak unless you recognize all the wonderful foods that, Absolutely,
1: uh, were absolutely made over
2: time. My grandmother made all those. Uh, my favorite was paluki, stuffed uh, cabbage. And again, a, a particular memory that I remember most is the Christmas foods, uh, oblatki with honey, bulky that sort of thing but she made a sour soup on Christmas Eve that to this day I have never in my life had any soup as good as that soup that she made. <laughs> I honestly don't know everything that was in it it was just fabulous I, I just have those wonderful memories of those things
1: yes that's great maybe it was perhaps a a mushroom soup with a little sauerkraut in there Uh, you know that's one of the christmas traditional soups that some families have but it sounds like it was very special time and as you connect that also to a lot of the religious holidays which is wonderful
2: Mm -hmm. we were members of the saint cyril and methodius parish The church was only literally a few blocks away from our house. Both of my grandparents and my mother were very active in church and community activities. We went to church every Sunday, of course, and Cleveland, Ohio can get very hot and humid. And it was one particularly hot day. And I'm this little kid wearing my white shirt and tie and suit. And I started complaining about having to wear a suit because it was so hot that day. Grandma said to me, you're not supposed to be comfortable. This is church, (laughs) which I thought was funny. She said, you're supposed to be bound up tight. And she puts her arms around herself. Bound up tight, I guess, (laughs) is what God wanted back in those days. And I just, I have those wonderful memories of my grandmother. Again, another wonderful memory is we used to walk, usually in the snow, midnight mass, a few blocks to church. And I later realized it probably reminded my grandmother of her mountain village back in Slovakia when it snowed in the winter and walking the church services. Easter time was special too. There were a lot of great traditions there. Again, the foods. My grandmother used to make lamb cake, which is very popular for Slovaks. I didn't realize that at the time. And I had no idea of the significance of what that lamb cake meant to Slovaks and to their history, but she carried over all of those wonderful traditions.
1: Yes. I know you had a special connection to your grandmother. and Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes. She used to use an expression, yoy. And I think it was part of Eastern dialect in Slovakia. When she was surprised by something, she would say, yoy. And when something was bad that occurred, she would say, Oy oy oy! With that type of phrasing, <laughs> and when something was really really bad, she would put her hands on her head and shake and say, "Oy oy oy!" <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part about that is, to this day, I still use that expression, which I don't think Americans are familiar with, but I I can use it and I can remember and picture her doing that. <laughs> so,
1: you mentioned in your story, something about some ice skates. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Okay. Another really great part of my grandmother's life was she stayed connected with her family back in Slovakia. And I understand a lot of people weren't able to do that because of the regimes and such, but she corresponded back and forth with her family. For the rest of her life, she lived until she was over 90 years old. And Someone, and I'm not entirely certain who this was, I think it was a great niece, wanted ice skates, and they are apparently hard to get back in uh, communist Czechoslovakia. So she made a tracing of her feet, and she sent that tracing to my grandmother, who went out and bought a pair of ice skates, and sent them to her in
1: Czechoslovakia.
2: I, I thought that was wonderful. That girl was probably the star of her school with these great American skates. That she took.
1: Yes, yes, that's wonderful that she did that for her. You know, I understand that you're actually learning Slovak language. What got you to initiate that?
2: Like many, as a child, I did not learn to speak Slovak, which many of us wish we had. You know, there was kind of a push to assimilate. But I knew a lot from having grown up a lot of records, photographs. And then I started doing genealogy research. And when I first found the ship's manifest for my grandmother coming to Ellis Island, it was only then that I realized she was only 15 years old when she came to the U.S. 15 years old from a small mountain village in Central Europe and coming to a city like New York with millions of people, that just got me more and more interested. And along with learning the heritage, I thought learning the language would make that connection, too. So about two years ago, I've been taking Slovak language lessons. And I'll tell you, it's hard for an older adult to learn a new language, (laughs) but I'm getting there able to converse. And a part of that story is just within the last year, I have managed to reconnect with family in Slovakia that we had lost touch with after my grandmother passed away. I found some addresses, I found some names, and I wrote some letters in Slovak, and sent some old photographs and i have received several responses from cousins surprised to have received that it's just wonderful for me to make that connection again and to hopefully sometime within the next year finally get to meet my extended family there
1: that'd be wonderful well you know it sounds like your grandmother truly embodied the slovak spirit she was hardworking. she was generous And she really holds a special place in your heart. Can you give us some final thoughts? You know,
2: we as a society tend to find our heroes in people that are famous, scientists, sports figures, people like that. My grandmother, Maria Martinkova, was not famous, but she was very special. As I look back on the life that she led, the hardships, the good times, the assimilation, the carrying over of the traditions, the church activities and such. I have always just greatly admired what she did and all that she accomplished and the wonderful person she was. I realized a long time ago that sometimes one needs only look to family to find heroes. My hero is Maria Ortikova, my grandmother.
1: Well, thank you so much, Richard, for sharing your story with us today. We really enjoyed it, and we will see you down the road.
2: Again, my pleasure, David. Thank you very much.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Global Slovakia podcast. Theme music was composed and performed by Zoe Solar. Audio editor is Dea Partak. Global Slovakia is a non-for-profit organization founded and directed by Dr. Zuzana Palovic and Dr. Gabriela bere with the mission of sharing Slovakia with the world. If you like what you've heard, please donate at globalslovakia.com to help us continue to make this podcast possible. Thank you for listening and we hope you join us next time for the Global Slovakia Podcast.